When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. <laughs> Here comes a lightning bolt. Charger fans are witnesses to history. This is the Lightning Round Podcast with your hosts, Garrett Sisti and Jamie Hoyle. Go Chargers, go. Well, well, well. Chargers didn't make it easy, but they went on a last-second field goal in Atlanta. And we're here to cover it. Garrett here, Jamie here for lightning round after hours. And Jamie, so we don't have to talk about it again. Uh, big Dicker, the kicker, uh, made the game winning <laughs> field goal. And we can move on from that because there's a lot to talk about. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't even know where to begin. How, where do you want to start here, Jamie? Because there's a lot to break down. Well, I think, you know, we've been saying it all season. And I think it's, it bears repeating is I think the first thing I have to say is they got a road win in the NFL and those yeah. are not easy mm-hmm. to come by. So it was, while it may not have been, you know, the blowout win that we've all been craving and they certainly did not look like they were ready to play to start the game coming off mm-hmm. of a bye week. And I'm sure yeah. we'll get into that. Um, they were able to fight back. They got a big win. They made plays when they needed to. They got plays out of special teams and the defense and the offense. Um, and they won the game. So coming away with the win on the road is a positive. Um, finding a way to scratch it out and make the plays when you needed to was a positive. And it was just a weird game. Um, yeah. You know, marked by weird plays. You had the ball clank off of Palmer's hands. It winds up in interception. You have Drake London all but hand the football to, to <laughs> Khalil Mack. 
uh, that play with Eckler down the sideline where we thought he stayed on his feet. We, we thought he stayed up and he mm-hmm. wound up having his elbow hit the fumble, the double fumble at the end of the game. It was just <laughs> a really weird, like twilight zone kind of a game where it just seemed like they, they traded, uh, you know, kind of weird, bizarre, inexplicable plays back and forth. And the last one worked out in the Chargers' favor and they won the game because of it. Yeah. In the first half, it was all either three and outs or scores. And then there were, uh, back-to-back turnovers for the Chargers and the uh, Falcons, and then that ending to the game was all weird with the double fumble, and then kicked them out, of, like got them out of field goal range, and then they had to get themselves back into field goal range. It was it was a very weird game, but you know, I I know that uh, there's going to be a lot of I'm sure talk about uh, how they play today and all that, but honestly, like what James talked about is getting a win on the road is huge. Um, Atlanta's strength was running the ball, and they ran it down the Chargers' throat for that first quarter at least um but then to turn around and put some drives together win that game late they had to get a stop um they were able to stop the run late in that game even with austin johnson going down and then they were able to produce points without mike williams and without keenan allen i mean that's that's pretty huge um they were down a lot this game they had like no receivers worth playing uh, as a first wide receiver or wide receiver one. So in order to get those yards and the big game from DeAndre Carter, Gerald Everett produced a little bit today, uh, Joshua Palmer at times too. That I mean, that really, uh, and I know we were going to get to it, but I think that's a good place to start. That is that is huge for this Chargers team. And to be now five and three mm-hmm. after this yep. game is, is huge, is really big because they were down big again today in Atlanta. Yeah, you're down two scores in the first quarter, two, three and outs. The, the Like you said, the Falcons are running the ball down their throat, not really even having to throw the ball to move it 80 yards for a score. Um, it, it looked bleak. I mean, we were trading texts early in the second <laughs> quarter. Like, hopefully they give us something to talk about because right now this feels a hell of a lot like the last game. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were able to come back and, and get the win, which is huge. And I think aside from that, there are some positives to take away from it. Uh, and we can get to the negatives later because there are some. But yeah. for me, I think the biggest positive is even though he didn't put up huge numbers, I think we saw the closest thing to a 100% physically fit Justin Herbert that we've seen since week one. Uh, he's still holding on to the ball too much. He's still taking his time getting out. There are things that are giving him issues uh, with his post-snap reads. Those you know zero blitz looks are still tripping him up a little bit. He's having the hard time getting the ball out from, but from a physical standpoint, from his release and getting the ball out and putting the zip on the ball when he needed to and making money throws on third down and fourth down when he needed to finding Palmer to set up that the game winning field goal. Um, he made some really big throws. And I think from a physical standpoint, he looked more like himself. I think there's still some improvement left to be made and you'd still like to see them throw the ball down the field a little bit, even though they're having a hard time with the receiving group getting down the field, you'd like to see them try to stretch the field a little bit to, to open things up. But you mentioned it, he, you know, he got the ball to Carter Palmer. I think he had eight for 106 or eight for 105. Mm-hmm. Palmer was really good. And outside of that one ball that clanked off of his hands, he made a couple tough physical catches, mm-hmm. made that big catch in the fourth quarter to set up the game winning field goal. Uh, so lots of good things, I think offensively to talk about in terms of, guys getting healthy, guys making plays. And 
you know, Lombardi, when they needed to, Lombardi finding plays that worked for the guys who were on the field, which is something they've had a hard time with. <laughs> really, really hard time. And uh, they lost Austin Johnson in that game. Uh, Trey Pipkins went down. Uh, Storm Norton did enough uh, with the limited snaps he was in. Uh, Tito got in on a sack, almost sack, there and did okay in the run game. And, you know, once they got it at the end of the game, the Falcons did, I thought it was going to be they're going to run it just like the first quarter. And to their credit, they stopped the run for the most part through after that first quarter, which was uh, really ugly. Um, I think they only got six rushing yards in that second quarter. They were able to buckle down, uh, stop the run for the most part, and uh, they were able to come away with this win. And the fact they were able to produce without a Keenan and a Mike is, is really huge. And the fact that they had some injuries go on in that game and still were able to uh, get that win was really big too. Um I there I'm I'm glad we got to see some spillers today. Isaiah Spiller, we saw Sony Michelle uh just look awful uh, early on. Um he dropped a pass, right? There was a one run, drop pass and then he was out. Spiller. And then yeah, no no no, uh Michelle. Oh yeah. If I remember mm-hmm. correctly. And then yep. uh Isaiah Spiller comes in, uh pretty nice. They they had this interesting wrinkle today where they had uh, Sonny Michelle on pass blocking reps and they lined him up basically behind the left guard, behind Filer, and just had him as an extra offensive lineman in there to pass block, which was interesting for Michelle. But uh, nice to see Spiller get some uh, reps when Michelle just is not working out. Yeah, it's good to see the coaches starting to make some adjustments that we've been calling for all season. And I think we saw some adjustments on offense and we saw some personnel and scheme related adjustments on defense you know that was something that i want to talk about too seeing spiller play was good uh he had a i think his first touch of the game was a really nice he made a little jump cut in the hole to make the first man miss Mm -hmm. winds up getting five yards on a play where you know michelle's feet probably stop at the line of scrimmage and he falls forward for a yard and a half and we get five out of it so that's a good thing um you know we talked about them finding ways to get the ball to uh carter and everett and palmer when they needed to uh, and I think in certain situations, they went away from stick, which is something that they've leaned on quite a bit. Uh, stick as in the play call, obviously not in, mm-hmm. in terms of Easton stick, Easton but stick. Um, you know, they, they, it seemed like they were attacking the intermediate part of the field more, the middle intermediate part of the field more. They were layering their play, their spacing out their routes and structuring their routes a little bit better to get guys open deep and intermediate over the middle, uh, which created some big plays for them when they needed them um, on third down. Uh, you know, we saw quite a few plays where Palmer came across the field and made plays. There was a big, a big play where uh, Herbert fit a ball to Carter between two defenders, and he made a nice catch and run play. I still don't know how Herbert got the ball to Carter on that play. He really had no business making that throw, no. but he made a good <laughs> no. throw. No. Um, <clears throat> but you know, overall, and then talking about defense, they made a they had, they made an adjustment. Um, during the game where they went away from their typical two linebacker set. They only had tranquil on the field at linebacker. They took Mm -hmm. Murray off and they had four bigs up front and that kind of helped stop the run in the second quarter. And it settled things down after that first touchdown drive. So starting to see some things, some adjustments with personnel, some adjustments with scheme, which is a good thing. Um, I thought we saw some signs of the clock management improving at the end of the half and at the end of the game. They, they all but ended. They they basically controlled the ball for the last four minutes of the fourth quarter to go down and get that field goal, and they managed the clock really well doing it, I thought. Uh, had it not been for Eckler's fumble, you know, 
they would have marched right down the field and kicked that field goal and it would have been you know a clean win uh, without mm-hmm. that last turnover which was kind of another weird play but um bizarre yeah but overall you know seeing them manage the clock better forcing the falcons to burn their timeouts controlling the last 4 minutes of the clock was really good they set themselves up for a 2 for 1 by scoring at the end of the first half um i think some people were unhappy about them calling a timeout um before that before the final score there in the first half I didn't really have a problem with it. I, I think mm-hmm. you want to get the right personnel on the field and chance of the Falcons offense going down the field in 25 seconds are pretty slim. So I, I didn't yeah. have a really big issue with that. So, you know, personnel and scheme improvements are good. Clock management things starting to seem, seem like they're starting to fix themselves. We saw some big fourth down calls that worked out for them. Uh, overall, I think it was, even though they didn't win by, you know, two scores, <laughs> they didn't blow out a pretty bad football team. They won and they made some improvements um, and they got through a sleepy first quarter and a sleepy third quarter. Yeah, which uh, is now a uh, pattern because they're the third team in history to be down 10 plus points in the first quarter for four straight games. So uh, that's going to have to be fixed uh, easy, especially when you're coming out of a bye and you're totally prepared these guys are rested ready to get back to football and they come out so so lethargic in that first quarter i mean i I don't know how they're not gonna be able to do that against these better teams when this uh schedule gets a little bit tighter but you know that yeah i mean they found a way to win i one thing that i found interesting was atlanta uh was in zone they were in like a kind of cover two in that first quarter and then Herbert completed one pass to DeAndre Carter, and then it looked like it was like all man from there on out. And he just started picking them apart uh, when the when the Falcons went man, which was kind of interesting. And I'm not sure why they did it, but um, yeah, they started once they started to feed Eckler, it started to pay off a little bit. Uh, you know, I don't know about that fumble at the end, but uh, Eckler had a really good game. And uh, speaking of receivers, so DeAndre Carter, uh, really good game. Uh, that throw from Herbert was amazing between two guys. That window was tight and uh, had some actually positive positive returns too. He had that return right before the end of the game there with four minutes left where he's able to get it close to midfield and kind of keep it a short field for the Chargers to drive. So uh, credit to uh, DeAndre Carter. And also, uh, we haven't mentioned yet, the offensive line keeping uh, Herbert clean for most of that game. Uh, they protected him well. And even when uh, Trey Pipkins went out, uh, Storm Norton did pretty good. But uh, one thing I will say, way, way, way too many ineligible men downfield today. It killed a lot of big plays. But other than that, protection-wise, uh, O-line did good. Yeah, it was a relatively undisciplined game, uh, especially coming off of the bye. You mentioned mm-hmm. the... The ineligible man downfield. There were some holding calls that took some big plays off the field, mm-hmm. uh, off the board. Um, it just seemed like they kept hitting points where they'd shoot them. And he's frozen. So a little bit more organized, a little bit more prepared, more disciplined coming out of a bye week. You know, they spent two weeks working on running the ball, working on stopping the run, and they didn't really do either today. So I'm not really sure what they spent the last two weeks doing. Um, but overall, I think, you know, like I said, win a road game, show some signs of improvement, uh, show some adjustments, all good. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, uh, they mixed uh, and I'm, you froze there for a second, JB, but I'm glad you're back. Um, you, we, I, 
I thought there were some uh, nice little play calls in the middle of that game where they were able to send Tranquil and Derwin for some third down blitzes when they were driving, which was nice. Um, I thought Michael Davis had a pretty nice game. Uh, a lot of people were down on Michael Davis, but stepping up once JC Jackson, we know, was out for the season. So it was nice to have him in there. Had a pass breakup before the half. Uh, really nice, tight defense on a red zone fade to Drake London his way. Uh, so good on him. And uh, didn't really hear a lot from Asante Samuel Jr., who did pretty well in the end. Uh, I will say that uh, Aloha Gilman and Nasir Hadley had their issues today especially on a throw from probably a better quarterback that's a touchdown at the end of that game to Kyle Pitts on that broken coverage but uh for the most part defense did pretty good uh the run game was a mess in the first quarter they were able to settle down they adjusted so credit to coaching staff on that but um yeah they yeah they did they did pretty well on defense too yeah you know I think they're starting to find something that works on third down uh they've typically been pretty passive um, conservative on third down in terms of blitz calls. Uh, but when they've been most successful getting opposing offenses off the field on, on third down, it's when they're blitzing the hell out of the quarterback. Mm -hmm. uh, we saw it against Denver. Uh, and they kind of went away from it um, against Seattle quite a bit. And they, they got back to it this week uh, against the Falcons, and it really paid off. Uh, we saw Tranquil, I think, come up with a sack. Derwin had a sack on a blitz. Mm -hmm. uh, they were really... When they blitzed, they were really in Mariota's face quite a bit on third down, and they were forcing him to pull the ball down, throw the ball away. Uh, I think there was one play where it looked like they should have had him sacked, and he got away and, and found yeah. a running back down the sideline. But overall, in general, I think the blitz, yeah, I think yeah. Over, overall, in general, the blitz packages work pretty well, and that's something they should stick with. Um, they have athletes out there. They have guys who are good attacking the line of scrimmage. Um and I think they should use those guys. Tranquil, even Adderley is an effective blitzer um, at times. Derwin, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, use those guys the way they're meant to be used on third down. Attack the quarterback. Force mistakes. Force them to hold the ball. Pull the ball down. Um, don't just let them stand back there and pick you apart. So uh, I like that. And I, hopefully it's something they stick with because it's obviously a key to their success. Their last two wins, they blitzed a lot and they had a mm -hmm. lot of success doing it. They yeah. didn't do it um, right before the bye. And they got shellacked. So yeah. <laughs> what does that tell you? <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and Drew Tranquil was part of that um, stopping the run in the second quarter. Had two really big run stops. I know everybody's going to talk about him getting run over by uh, Patterson for that touchdown. But um, had a sack on a third down. Had two really big uh, run stops when they were basically getting six, seven yards a clip, it felt like, every time they were running in that first quarter. Uh, Drew Tranquil came in, got a run stop, and then uh, forced them to throw it. And it was a three and out quickly thereafter so uh kind of setting a tone a little bit uh tranquil did uh, had a nice game got the sack uh, a couple run stops and obviously that uh patterson touchdown will be on uh twitter all day today and tomorrow but uh he had a really good game today yeah tranquil continues to be right now i would say one of the top two or three players on the defense week to week he makes mm -hmm. play after play his run fits are generally pretty good. He's outside of that play with Patterson. He's generally a very reliable tackler. He's solid in coverage, really good blitzer. Uh, he's been great. And uh, hopefully they they value him as much as we fans value him because it'd be really sad to see another star linebacker walk away at the end of the year. <laughs> I know. Um, because they don't value the position or because they want to force feed Murray into that position. But Tranquil is really, really good. And one way or another, he's going to get paid at the end of the year. Hopefully it's with the Chargers. Yeah, yeah. 
Let's hope so. Um, I get, the other uh, thing I want to kind of touch on is just how bad these drops were today. We had a really big drop from Gerald Everett where he was running up oh, the seam for oh, God all by himself too. Um, huge gainer there. Palmer, of course, takes his eyes off the ball, clanks off his hands. There's a, a easy interception. Sony Michelle had the drop today. Austin Eckler on that screen. Uh, I think it was in the red zone there. Uh, that drop was really bad where it seemed like he got a lot of green in front of him. There were just a lot of concentration issues today for, and granted, you know, there are some, you know, we, there's no Keenan or Mike Williams, but those are starters. Gerald Everett, you're starting tight end. Joshua Palmer is your wide receiver three right now. Sony Michelle, Austin Eckler, are your RB one and two, I guess Michelle could be three, but Austin Eckler, you're starting running back. I mean, these are still guys that are going to be on the field a lot going forward, even when Keenan Allen and Mike will get back, but there are just some real bad drops today, some concentration issues. I don't know if it was the buy and uh, having that week off or whatever, but it was, it was really bad today, especially when they needed everybody without your top two wide receivers. But those drops were just ugly today. Yeah. You know, the Eckler one, it looked to me live, like he thought the ball was going to get knocked down because the defensive lineman jumped and tried to bat it down. And it just, he just barely missed getting it with his fingertips. And it, yeah. it looked like Eckler was surprised that it got to him. Um, the drop by Eckler or by uh, Everett was awful. I mean, that's <laughs> probably a 20 to 30 yard gain. If he reels that in, there's nobody anywhere near him. And we know he's good with the ball in his hands after the catch. Mm-hmm. So that was really bad. And then the, the drop by Palmer, you know, it looked to me like he had enough room to run for the first down. If he caught it, I thought it didn't look like there was anyone within five yards of him and he just rushed the turn. Uh, I don't know if that's a product of, you know, playing, you know, calling stick and having his feet stop and having to turn quickly and being worried about being surrounded by defenders or what, but that was a really bad drop and obviously made even worse by the fact that it was a turnover. And I think Palmer had another drop earlier in the game too, um, if I'm not mistaken, but yeah, I mean, drops continue to be an issue. I don't know if it's the way Justin is throwing the ball. Um, I thought on a couple of them, it seemed like he threw them with pretty good touch. You know, he mm-hmm. had to get the one to Eckler over the defender. So that yeah. wasn't a, an issue of him putting like too much two defenders. On the ball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that wasn't as an issue of him overthrowing the ball. He, he tried to float it. And I think Eckler would, like I said, was just surprised that it got to him. Uh, the one with Palmer where he tipped it to, for the interception, you know, I, that looked to me like that had some touch on it too. And it hit him in the hands and he just clanked it. I think he was mm-hmm. just trying to run with it before he had the ball. Yeah. And I didn't even think there was too much mustard on the on the one with Everett. It looked like he uh, Herbert not. was trying to lead him up the field. There was some good touch on it, and it was thrown and placed perfectly. He just missed it. Yeah. So, yeah, and I don't know if you heard during the uh, broadcast, but they asked Joshua Palmer uh, before this uh, what it was like catching a ball from Justin Herbert, and he said it was like catching the Tasmanian devil. I don't know if you heard that part, but that's so, (laughs) which I think was a great quote. And also, uh, I guess a little, uh, a little glimpse into, uh, (laughs) what kind of ball he throws, which is tough because it just seems like everybody had a tough day catching the ball today. Yeah. The one thing I will say about Herbert is I'm, I'm starting to get a little worried about his release. Um, I thought he looked more healthy. Uh-huh. today from, from I, a rib standpoint yes 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 just to add sorry just, just to piggyback <clears> off <throat> that i the reason the point in which i was like okay he's he's almost healthy was that designed rpo rollout 
towards the end of that game where they let him get six or seven yards throughout this like rib injury after after the fact he's been like trying to duck and he'd, he'd slide short of the sticks or any kind of contact at all and today he ran with the tackle stayed in bounds and uh, they they had a rollout with herbert so to me i think that proves that he's a little bit more healthy than he was before but go ahead sorry yeah i just i, I think the rib is getting better um which is encouraging but it seems like his release has dropped uh, I remember him being more over the, straight over the top mm-hmm. the last couple of years. Thank you, and Jamie. And it seems like everything is coming out sidearm. Mm-hmm. He's dropping the elbow, slinging the ball sidearm, like he's yes. trying to aim it sidearm. Um, and that's not the way I remember him throwing the last couple of years. So I'm not sure what's going on. I don't know if that's an adjustment he made to you know relieve some pressure from the rib or what, but that's why so many passes are getting batted down. Um, that and he's staring down receiver at times. But mm-hmm. The, the release has a bit, a lot to do with it. And with a 6-6 quarterback, you probably shouldn't be having so many balls bad at the line of scrimmage. So hopefully that's something that they can work on with him during the season and into the offseason. Uh, you know, I don't know if it's a product of coaching. I don't know if it's just a comfort level thing and he's going back to old bad habits because that's the way he threw the ball a lot in college. Um, but it's something I'd like to see fixed because even though he is healthy – and he did look a lot more like himself today from a physical standpoint and from a playmaking standpoint. I'm not crazy about that release, and I think it's an issue. Boy, Jamie, I wish I had my Hammond B3 organ here. I wanted to play some like church music behind you, some amens from the choir. <laughs> I I did, I said the same thing on, on Twitter today. This is a 6'6 quarterback who definitely had a different release. There is more of that dropping the elbow sidearm motion that we're seeing a lot more this year. And I, and there were two things that kept coming back uh, in the comments and not, not referring to his arm angle at all. It's uh, he's hurt and it's his ribs and give him a break. And then the other one was a slew of comments of the defense knows every routes when you're running these stick concepts, it's easy to jump into passing lanes. And while the, uh, injury might have a little bit to do with it, and maybe the route concepts has a little bit more to do with it. Uh, you can't deny the fact that his arm angle is completely different. He's a six-six quarterback. He's not Kyler Murray. He can see over these defensive linemen and his O line, and he can fit those balls into tight windows. And he's done it throughout his career. We're seeing a lot more batted balls at the line than we have all year and all throughout uh, Herbert's career. Maybe it's a little bit of the injury. Maybe it's a little bit of the uh, routes, but it is definitely part of the arm angle as well. And uh, I don't think anybody's really taken account to all that. And I know everybody wants us to do like side-by-side clips of Herbert where he's dropping his elbow and not dropping his elbow. Maybe we'll do that a little bit later, but I absolutely agree with you. Um, It's it's definitely a angle issue uh, from what I'm seeing at least. And I'm with you, Jamie. I, I just, I don't know what's happening and why he's changed of course there are times where he's got to do it like when he had to throw it over those two defenders that were coming at him on that Eckler screen he had to get the ball around and sometimes you know he's got to do that when there's that uh free rusher coming and you got to get Eckler in the flat that those are the okay ones but when he's dropping back uh five to seven step drops and he's hitting D linemen in their hands as he's trying to hit a ball over the middle that's where I'm kind of a little bit more worried about it than the other ones where he's got to kind of torque his body a little bit more to get those throws off yeah I mean there are times where you're gonna have to throw off platform and you're gonna have to change your arm angle to get the ball around somebody or hit a particular window that's all part of the game but I think his release is consistently lower than it was than it has been in the last two years, in my opinion. And, you know, there are other contributing factors. I think it all adds up to 
batted ball issue. Um, mm-hmm. you, know, you mentioned the route concepts. Defenses know where the ball is going. That doesn't help. <laughs> Uh-uh. Um, Herbert has not, <laughs> he, he's not been trusting what he's been seeing and the ball is not coming out as fast as it was the, the first two years. He's, it's coming out a lot slower. He's holding the ball, he's patting the ball, and then he's having to throw it into tighter windows late. Um, and that is enabling defenders to get their hands up and knock the ball down too. But the throwing motion is making it easier for them to knock the ball down because mm-hmm. of the angle. And I think these are things that should be cleaned up. Yeah. Yeah. That's that. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of things you got to clean out one. They got to, I don't know what they got to do to get this team, uh, up and ready. Once, uh, the first whistle starts in the first quarter, um, the drops have been a big issue and that arm angle. I mean, it, it's a simple little thing. Uh, it could be the route concepts. It could be the ribs. Uh, but whatever it is, Justin Herbert, like we have both mentioned, looks a lot better today than he has since the rib injury. Uh, this is the best version of Justin Herbert we've seen since that uh, hit he took. So, I mean, to me, uh, you know, there's a lot to improve on. And, I, you know, once you see that kind of throw through the window to uh, DeAndre Carter and those kind of wow throws coming up, popping up a little bit more and more, and then him being able to roll out and run, I think uh, I think we're getting a little bit more of Justin Herbert back to 100%. And maybe the week off helped. But um, I think, you know, whether – that's the thing you got to clean up at some point. And uh, there's just been – just seems like a lot more – uh, of recent memory. I don't have the stats on that or the analytics on how many batted balls uh, Justin ha- Herbert's had in his career, but it just seems like in recent memory, it's a lot more than usual. We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to US News and World Report, we're the 25th top paying career Make an impact as a fact seeker and a truth teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, I agree. It seems like it's a, it's it seems like there's four or five in every game lately. I'm sure that's yeah. not the case, but that's what it feels like. Yeah. Um, and if you guys got any questions, go ahead and send them now because we'll uh, probably just answer some more questions and. Uh, and then get out of here. Um, what else? Uh, what else did you want to talk about today? Anything? Anything else on your mind that you were thinking about that we haven't touched on yet? I think we've hit on a lot of positives. So I, I just think um, the next thing to talk about is kind of is the I don't know if lack of preparation is the right word, but to have two weeks to prepare for, let's face it, not a very good Falcons team that is exactly predictable loaded one. with yeah, mm-hmm. n- not exactly loaded with offensive weapons. Um, not exactly blessed with a skilled quarterback who's going to carve you up. You know they're going to come in and run the ball with three or four guys and that you have to stop it. And it felt like they just weren't ready. And they slept walk through the first quarter in a big way. For so, four straight games. Yeah, for four straight games. But it's I think it's especially alarming to do that coming off the bye where – you know what the Falcons are going to do and how they're going to try to beat you. And you let them 
beat you that way for the first quarter. It was like they mm-hmm. never got off the airplane. Um, yeah, and they weren't they weren't engaged. They weren't sharp. They weren't disciplined, and they weren't prepared. And that's a coaching issue. Now they they made some adjustments, and it it felt a little bit more like last year where Herbert kind of dug them out of a couple of holes, and they wind up winning a close game because Herbert was just so good on third and fourth down when they needed it. Um, but that's not something you can rely on all the time. So uh, you'd like to see a little bit more preparation and um, just have them be a little bit more sharp in the first quarter uh, coming off of a bye with two weeks to prepare. It's just not acceptable. No, no. To come out as sleepy as they were in that first quarter. And I mean, quite honestly, there's like a lot of, you know, I, you could start beating on them for not being prepared for the bye week, but we're talking about four weeks in a row. This is like a consistent issue now. And um, I, I just don't know what, whatever they're doing isn't working. They've got to either get the veterans together or work something else out because this, you can't play from 10 plus points behind every single game. uh, And they're just going to end up getting their ass kicked uh, like they did the week before. Uh, So the comments are saying, I don't know if there's any truth to this, that Eckler sprained his MCL per Staley. That would not be ideal. And that would suck. No, yeah. Uh, there is no confirmation on that. So I will not give it any more, uh, any more thought. Though, if it is true, uh, send us send us uh, something in the comments, and we'll we'll talk about it. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, looks like it, they may have been referring to Austin Johnson, which would make a, a heck of a lot more sense. Okay, that makes more sense. Wrong, Austin. It's Johnson. Okay, that makes a lot more sense when that your defensive lineman gets carted uh, carted off the field, and Austin Eckler takes the last uh, handoff to set you up for the field goal. So. Uh, Austin's tough. He probably would have ran on a sprained MCL, but uh, Austin Johnson, well, at least it's, you know, it could have been worse. It looked really bad. So, whew. All right. I'm glad we cleared um, that. <laughs> don't, don't do that again. Whoever, whoever did that, don't do that again. That's, uh, that's fan-worthy type uh, behavior. It's all don't right. It's... <laughs> Make sure well, we know which Austin we're talking about before we tweet that out. Yeah. All right. So, from John Taylor, explain to me what they see in Sony Michelle. Here's the here's the better question because who I mean who knows what they really see. But Joshua uh, Joshua Kelly, by the way, um, injured. When he does come back at some point, do they release Sony Michelle with the way they're playing Spiller right now? Um, I would like to say yes, but there's a really, really good chance that they are only playing Spiller because because Kelly is hurt, and once Kelly is back, Spiller is back to being inactive. And even with as effective as Spiller, well, at least look today, you think that they'll still go with Michelle? I think there's a good chance. Um, and I think, you know, asking what they see in Michelle, um, I think what they see is Eckler... Eckler is their best pass-protecting running back, and I think they think that Michelle is their second-best pass-protecting running back. So they're willing to give up some pass-catching ability 
and some explosiveness to make sure Herbert is protected when Eckler is off the field. I think if pressed, that's probably the explanation that we would get from the coaching staff. Mm -hmm. That's my guess. I think they're just not willing to risk pass protection and they don't trust Kelly or Spiller back there to do that just yet. Okay. Gilbert, you are forgiven. It's everybody makes a mistake. It's fine. All good, Gilbert. Um, I was just you giving you a hard time. We're not going to abandon. At least not yet. Um, <laughs> one more and you're out. Yeah. <laughs> so what do we? What do the Chargers do? Because they're about to get Christian McCaffrey, and he'll run for like 500 yards if they don't uh, button this run defense up. What do you think? Do you think there's going to be a lot more four down linemen uh, against San Francisco? You think they're going to go with that one? linebacker look because I think after seeing what happened today they, they're going to have to I think so I just I don't think you can have Murray on the field on first and second down I probably shouldn't be on the field at all to be honest but uh he can't be on the field on first and second down and in, in obvious rundowns I mean I, I can't take any more of that guy making a tackle after an eight-yard gain and standing mm -hmm. over the running back like he's just made a game-changing play yeah. uh -huh. um <clears throat> he ran himself out of that like 44 yard gain by Tony Algier. It was his, his man to uh, set the edge and he did not and uh, allowed him to break open, but go ahead. Yeah. I, I, I think, um, I think they're just better with only tranquil on the field and they need oh, more yeah. big guys. Uh, now they're short of big guy. Um, if, if Austin Johnson does have a sprained MCL and he's out for an extended period, now they're short and we're probably going to see more of Tillery on the field on running downs. Um, I've, what they'll think is necessity, which is less than encouraging, but uh, we should see more of the four one. I think, I, I think that's a big, a big adjustment for them. And it's something that they should stick with. Yeah. I, we're going to see a lot more Tito too, by the way, who wasn't bad today. Uh, he was actually pretty good outside of that, yeah. that missed sack that he should have cleaned up on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, here from Brandon Willie Wilson. Uh, Kind of unrelated, but I feel like Derwin was at his best his rookie year. What do you guys think? You think Derwin's falling off a little bit? I I don't think he's the same guy that we have come to expect over the last few years. Um, we talked we've talked about this in the Discord a little bit. For those of you who are, who are there and remember, we talked about this this week, and I I think it's just a function of they've not been able to use him the way that they want to use him. Um, the Derwin that we have become accustomed to is a Derwin who plays almost exclusively in the box and is matching up against tight ends underneath and is able to blitz and is making plays in the running game. And because they've had issues at corner and because they've had issues with Gilman and Adderley at safety, they've had to play Derwin deep more often. And I just don't think he is as instinctive uh, playing off the ball as he is say playing in the slot or playing strong safety down in the box or playing nickel linebacker. I just don't think, that's the best use of him. And I think there are some aspects of his game that are getting a little bit exposed um, because he's not able to play the way that they want to use him because they're having so many issues around him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you touched on everything I was going to say. Yeah. They, uh, the better, the closer to the line of scrimmage you can get Derwin, the better he is. And the fact that they can't get him near the line of scrimmage because uh, there's issues at the second level with the linebackers outside of tranquil. There's issues on the back end with uh, Gilman and Adderley. And then there's a bunch of uh, issues with corner when uh, JC Jackson was in and uh, some other injuries that they just, you know, they haven't been able to play him like they should. He's not that Swiss army knife that he was able to play his rookie year. So 
really once I think they get everybody healthy, it might uh, clean things up later on. But um, yeah, for now he's just not playing where he should, and unfortunately he's not getting uh, the reps in the bo- as much reps in the box as he should. Uh, yeah, feels like they're using Derwin more as a band aid than a weapon. I think that sums it up pretty well. They're just not able to. They're not able to use him as that Swiss Army knife that we saw the first couple of years in the league, um, the way they want to, and they're having to use him to fill gaps, and it's it's just not playing to his strengths, and it's not helping as much as they had hoped. Uh, do you think we'll ever see JT Woods with uh, Nas struggling, Gilman not playing great? You think Gilman JT sucking? Woods- <laughs> he was active today. I don't know if he got a single snap. He did. I know I saw him okay. on the field for at least one snap. I think he played okay. quite a bit in the second half, to be honest with you. Um, at least it felt like it, but hmm. one play is too much. I'll so. have to look at it. One play is too much, so that makes it feel like he's on the field too much, at least <laughs> for me. Um, <clears throat> I don't know that we'll see Woods. I mean, they're having so many problems in the back end with tackling and with covering and just carrying out basic assignments. Uh, guys seem confused back there. They're dropping coverages. I, I don't know if they can put him back there because he can't tackle. You can't have the last line of defense on defense be unable to tackle. But then I say that, and Naz and Gilman aren't tackling very well. So I don't know. Maybe you reach a point where it's like, hey, let's put him back there and hope a couple hit him in the tummy like they did in college. <laughs> and he can make some plays for us. And maybe that'll offset the tackling. Um, it's hard to say. It, it might be time to try it just to see if you can kind of manufacture a couple of plays on defense because they're having a hard time creating plays. Yeah. All right. Nick wants to know any free agent wide receivers worth looking at. He's asking for Justin Herbert. In Is the offseason? No, right now. Like Odell. Oh, right Jr. now? Yeah. It puts you to sleep. There's like no good <laughs> wide receivers out there. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't have a list in front of me. Do you have a list in front of you? No, I don't. No, OBJ is the only name I can think of. I, I'm I was stuck on uh, wide receivers on other teams that the Chargers could get, but no, I mean everybody keeps saying Will Fuller, but he retired, and OBJ I think is the only other one that's on the streets that hasn't signed yet. But he's fully healthy, so he should be back soon. Um, Nick asks, can we talk about how the O line? is the real issue. Yes, coaching, lack of wide receiver, and Herbert's injury aren't perfect, but the real issue is a lack of protection. This game proves it. Uh, I don't buy into that at all because I think the offensive line did a really good job today protecting Herbert. Um, uh, Filer's had his issues. Uh, when Storm Norton, he's had his issues. Saylor has been a rock. Zion's been a rock. Lindsley's still a stud. Uh, Pipkins looked a lot better today, though he went down. I don't, I don't think it's about the O-line being the real issue. Do you think, do you think the O-line is the crux of this issue? I think it's been a problem in the running game. I think the O-line has been an issue in the running game. And I think the reliance on zone as opposed to power has been an issue in the running game. I think overall pass protection, it was leaky for a few weeks, but it seemed like it was much better today. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't remember Herbert really taking any hits today off the top of my head. Um, I don't think he got sacked and he was able to get the ball out and make plays when you needed to. So, I mean, has the offensive line been perfect? No. No. I mean, Garrett mentioned it. Uh, Filer's been bad um, at times. He's been better the last couple weeks, but he started off his first four or five weeks were pretty brutal. Ooh, how about Um, falling forward three yards today? 
lunging and missing his block and getting a penalty on top of it on the ineligible man downfield on that big uh, Palmer catch. Whew. Great play. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That He's definitely bad. had his issues. <laughs> um, they, they've had issues with when they had clap in there because Lindsay was hurt. Um, Pipkins, everybody was celebrating Pipkins early in the season. I think he's mm-hmm. taken a turn for the worse. I know he's playing on a banged up knee, but he has not been good for at least three or four weeks now. Um, so, I, I mean, the offensive line has been an issue at times, but I, I think there's global issues going on. Personnel, <laughs> scheme, yeah. all of it has been yep. an issue. Mm-hmm. Obi-Wan. Did this game push you further to either side of fire or keep Lombardi train? I mean, we we both said we wanted them to fire him during the bye week. So <laughs> yeah. I don't know how much further on that side of things we can get at this point um, outside of like hang him or, you know, I, I don't know where, Give out how, his where home else address. we can go from there. We already want him to get fired and lose his job. Um, yeah. How much more on that side of things do you want us to be? Well, did he put? Did Lombardi push you the other way? Did as oh he's he's terrible, but not. I guess you can keep him till the end of the season. Did he push you that way? I mean, they're going to keep him till the end of the season. Yeah, no, but I'm Either saying way. you personally. Did it? Did it change anything today? Uh, I mean, there were some adjustments made in terms of the route combinations they were calling and route structures that I think helped Herbert and helped guys like Palmer and Carter get open. But there were still some spacing issues. There were still it a couple of instances where guys, it seemed like guys were in the wrong places and they were crowding particular parts of the field, which has been a big issue all season long. So uh, I, nothing has changed for me. I, I don't think he's good. Um, I think there are times when execution has made him look worse than he is, but overall I don't think he's been very good and I do not think he should survive the upcoming off season since I don't think they're going to fire him since he survived the, the bye week. Yeah. Yeah, at some point it would have to they'd have to go on a pretty big losing streak for them to fire Lombardi in game. But I it just felt like with the bye week and Shane Day and the relationship he has with Herbert and Staley, it just seemed like the easy transition uh to a new play caller during the bye week. But they didn't do it, so they're gonna keep him unless the floor falls out here and uh they lose, you know, a bunch of games in a row. Do any of these names from Jack uh, tickle your fancy? Isaiah Ford, Muhammad Sanu, John Ross? No. Um, How about no. Tyrell Williams? The the only <laughs> one in that first list that I might consider is John Ross, just because he offers something that nobody else on the roster offers. Now, he hasn't been productive in the NFL. He doesn't catch the ball that well, but he's mm-hmm. fast, and he might help them take the top off the defense a little bit and open some things up underneath, which I guess is why I'm not that excited because I feel like they would just use him as a decoy and still throw the ball underneath. So yeah. rely- having getting excited about them signing somebody is hard when you're not convinced that they're going to use them properly. Yeah. Uh, all right. Here we go. Uh, what are your predictions for the next two weeks? They play the 49ers and the – help me out, Chad. Chiefs. Chiefs? Right? Is that the next one? Oh, uh, you might be right. Chat can help us out, I'm sure, so we don't have to look this up. But they're really blowing it right now because they haven't given us it yet, and we're wasting time. Uh, It is San Francisco. Yeah, KC, Arizona. Yep. 
Okay. Um, it's it's at San Francisco and Kansas City's at home. I think when we picked these games at the start of the season, I think I picked them to win both of these games. Um, and I still think the 49ers scare me because it seems like they're getting healthy and mm-hmm. they're rounding into shape and they're getting better, which is a little scary. Um, I feel like there's always the potential with the 49ers for that God awful Jimmy G game where he makes a couple big mistakes and he keeps mm-hmm. the other team in the game. But playing in San Francisco on Sunday night, they're not playing particularly well. It's hard to pick them to win that game. I yeah. I I hate to be a Debbie Downer as the sh- end of the show is coming up, but I feel like <laughs> it's kind of foolish to pick them to win either one of those games. Okay, so you're going you going 0 2 in the next two I'm weeks? I'm going 0 2. Oh, yep. okay. All right. Yep. Yep. I am too. I am too. I just this and this is part of the reason why, like Junior says, do we think? McCaffrey's going to go for 300 yards next week. Uh, everybody's having career games. Is that what's what's uh, McCaffrey's career game? And then add 10 more yards, and that's what they're going to give up on Sunday. <laughs> um, and then Nick, just for clarification, you misunderstood what I said. The O line looked at its best this season, and we finally moved the ball with consistency. Issue the past few weeks has been the O line. Oh, gotcha. Okay, you're not saying that the O line as a whole was the issue. It's that they were good today and they were able to move the ball. Got it. Okay. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us. We appreciate you guys. Thanks for watching and listening. Uh, Chargers get a big win on the road, and I think that's the most important thing. We'll end as we began. Uh, You don't know where you're going unless you know where you've been. And what we said early on was it's hard to win on the road. They got a road win. Um, You know, this is the quote-unquote first place uh, Atlanta Falcons. They got a win, and they were able to make some stops late and get that win. On the last second field goal, it was ugly, but they got it done. So thanks so much. I appreciate you guys, and we will see you next time. Thanks, everybody.